This is the Book Legion Podcast, where we review thought-provoking books to give our Legionnaires the knowledge they need to dominate the next level of their life. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining me on the Book Legion this week. This is your host, Tizer Evans. I'll be hosting this week. This week, I'm going to be covering a book called As Many Reps as Possible by Jason Kalipa. So for those of you who aren't familiar with who Jason Kalipa is, he's best probably well known for CrossFit Games. So he was the first CrossFit, uh, he was the first world champion of the CrossFit Games back in 2008. He's appeared eight times in the CrossFit Games. Um, He has a great podcast called Effort Over Everything. He's also the founder of NorCal Fit, which is a global CrossFit franchise. So he wrote this book based on this CrossFit mentality, AMRAP which is as many reps as possible. So I'm gonna to talk to you guys about my three, favorite, uh, my three favorite takeaways today in the book. Um, it's a relatively short book that Jason put out a couple years back, about 120 pages. But I love that he took this type of mentality that you see in physical fitness and applied it to all areas of life. Uh, so I thought it was really um, interesting is developing this mentality for everything that he does. So I'm gonna cover my three favorite takeaways, so let's jump into it. So the first part comes in chapter one where he starts to talk about the different types of tools that will set you free. And he has five of them. And they are know your why, focus on what you can control, work hard, be able to shift gears and reevaluate. So I really wanna talk to you guys on about two, which is working hard and focusing on what you control. So he does talk about on the book and it's really prevalent to his story, um, all the different challenges. One of the biggest challenges that he had was his young daughter was diagnosed with leukemia in the midst of being a business owner, being a part of the CrossFit Games and at one point he was even studying and going back to school uh, and getting into University of Santa Clara. But he really talks about, what I'm gonna talk about first is focusing on what you can control. So many times we really focus on all of the existential, existential stuff that we can't control. And then so we start to feel helpless and get in a state of despair. And so we never start or we give up because we focus on all these external things that we can't control. So he realized like, hey, like he can't control his daughter getting cancer, right? That's not what he can control, but he could control the type of care that he got. She got the quality of care. He could control understanding the type of um, cancer that she had, do all the research himself and be best prepared on how to help and guide his daughter uh, through what she was going to go through mentally. I can't imagine what that would be like as a father having two young sons myself. Um, So I applaud him the way that he took this head on and they created a very positive environment that anybody who visited her in the hospital, it was nothing but positivity. They didn't, um, there was no tears, there was no negativity, everything was very positive. So, you know, I think that if more people took ownership of what they could control, the trajectory of their life would be much different. Because in every situation, as tough as it is, there's always something that you can control, right? And if you just hone in on, hey, like sales is a great example as well. Like I can only control making the calls, sending the emails and following up with people, right? And trying to facilitate deals. I can't control what's going to happen on the other end of the line when I call somebody. I can only focus on making sure that I actually do call somebody. So I'm a huge proponent of that is just focusing on what you can control. And then he did have a great quote in here. Let me see if I can find it on hard work. It's not about searching for the secret hacks or shortcuts. It's about being focused 
and put in your best effort to accomplish the things that need to be accomplished. And again, when it comes to hard work, I think a lot of us, because of all the different courses and the way that influencers sell stuff online, everybody's always looking for like this hack to get to the end of the journey, not realizing that the journey is where all the freedom all the joy, all the fulfillment really comes from. And that there is no substitute for hard work. You know, there is really no shortcut in life. And he puts that in. I think that, you know, he learned this, but, you know, becoming a physical specimen that he is um, by becoming a world champion to CrossFit games. Like, you don't get to become a world champion at anything without a tremendous amount of hard work. And unfortunately, in a world of instant gratification, and I've talked about this in other books as well, People shortchange their hard work and want to see results in three months or six months. You know, oftentimes, again, going back to sales, when I've hired new sales reps or even my own mentality, I tell them, hey, you're going to have to grind. You're going to face rejection. You're going to be frustrated for 12, 18 months, might even be two years before you actually see the results you want. So if you go on to this with, hey, I'm going to love the process. I'm going to enjoy the journey. I'm going to work hard every single day. You'll find fulfillment, and I guarantee you that you'll find success. Now, the second thing I wanted to cover is on chapter two and page 22, which talks about rejection being your ultimate motivator. And this just really resonated for me because, uh, you know, I've faced a lot of rejection in my life and I've always used it as fuel. You know, I remember I took a new job about five years ago and um, someone told me, and maybe it wasn't necessarily a story of rejection, but it felt like rejection at the time, that it would take me at least three to five years to get promoted. And I said, well, you know, I'm gonna do it in two. And the person looked me dead in the face and said, there's no way, no one's ever got promoted in two years, there's no way you're gonna do it. So I took that as my personal mission to show that person that I was wrong, and not only were they wrong, I was promoted in 20 months. So he had talks about that, um, he was living in the Bay Area, and for those of you, I'm from the Bay Area, so he was uh, more in East Bay, and his wife was going to University of Santa Clara, which is a really prestigious college, and he was at a community college and wanting to get into Santa Clara to be closer to, uh, who's his, his wife, Ashley, is his high school sweetheart. Um, they're still married today, so he wanted to be closer to his wife, Ashley, who was going to University of Santa Clara. So he was rejected from the college three times. And he said every time he was rejected, it made him double down and study harder. And he said this really re-emphasized uh, re that rejection can be used as fuel as opposed to just giving up. And so we also talks about in, in this section that goes along with this is you have to evaluate yourself honestly. Again, a lot of us, you know, we hear that voice, we tear ourselves these narratives in our head that, you know, we can't or this person got in because of this or it's not fair because this person, you know, uh, had a better upbringing or they went to a private high school or their parents have money or whatever it is, right? We all tell ourselves these stories as opposed to just accepting the rejection. And he talks about, hey, I got terrible grades in high school. I was a terrible student. Like I got rejected because of all the work I didn't do in high school and just making up for it in six months or a year of community college or going really hard doesn't mean that I should get into University of Santa Clara. And so he had to keep pursuing, had to keep doubling down and he had to be, had to be honest with why he, where, where he, he had to be honest with why he was where he was, right? And a lot of us don't do that. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just to, to recognize that you were a product of your own decisions thus far in life. So if you don't like where you're at today, good, recognize that, but you also have to realize that you are where you are because all the choices you've made along the way. But the good news is, is that everything can change today moving forward in the next hour, the next day, in the next week, in the next month, you can make new decisions on where you want your life to be 
I think of every action or habit as like a vote for where you want to be in the future. And so it's just like getting in shape, right? Fitness. You have a choice whether or not you put the cookie, the cracker, um, or the the, this, this, the candy or the soda in your mouth. Like you have a choice in that, right? And if you make the choice to do that, then you can't expect to have six pack abs for summertime. But if you make the choice not to do that consciously and to go to the gym and have a protein shake instead, then right, your results will be drastically different. So this um, evaluation of pure honesty, I think is gold and really helps you get to where you wanna be long-term. And then lastly, he talks about in chapter three is dealing with distractions. And man, in a world full of distractions, you know, I, myself, uh, I've got two podcasts, right? I've, I got a full-time job that I work pretty much from eight to six every day. And then I have a, a business I just launched, another one I'm, I'm trying to launch, plus I have a, a full-time family, and right, full-time family, of course, always full-time. And I have, um, my wife has a business. And so, and we like to travel. We just got back from a two-week vacation. So there's so many different distractions, and it's hard to feel like sometimes you can do it all. But the one piece of advice that he gave that was really solid, that's something that I try my best to do, definitely not 100%, so it just really helped to reinforce um, this piece for me, was that you just have to be 100% focused on whatever you're doing in that moment, right? Like, if you're with your family, be 100% present and focused on your family. Your job will still be there, your work will still be there, my podcast will still be there, all that will still be there when I'm done with my family. So there's no point in thinking, obsessing about things I need to do when I'm not doing them as opposed to just being fully engaged. Now, when you're at the gym, be 100% focused on training. When you're making your calls, be 100% focused on your calls. And when you do that, your quality of work or love or training or whatever you're doing is exponentially better because you're 100% present in the moment and focused on what you want to be doing and you should be doing, so your results are just that much better. Um, so overall, the book was really great. I think the book is uh, 10, 12, 15 bucks, some in that neighborhood. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to it on the podcast, so check it out. Um, and if you guys haven't done so, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Check out my other podcast, um, Grind, Sell, Elevate. It's more of an interview-style uh, platform where I talk to business leaders, um, their sales, leadership, uh, marketing, um, just overall total body performance. My guys like Jason um, as well I've had on the podcast and you know, I'm a big proponent of health and wellness. So go check out Grind Cell Elevate. And if you guys want, my new uh, company I was just talking about is called Odin's Rune. It's a really cool kind of a Nordic style motivational um, clothing brand you can find at odinsrune.com. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it. And we'll chat with you guys next week. Zap, 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 zap.